Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to the Believe in Raiders podcast. Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Pleased to be joined by former Raider great Stanford route Stan. The Raiders' slim playoff hopes ended with a loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Now, that being said, it's probably time to start looking ahead to 2024, uh, despite the fact the Raiders have one more game on Sunday, hosting the Denver Broncos. And Stan, I, I mean, I think the number one question remains, how much did that loss hurt Antonio Pierce's chances of becoming the Raiders' permanent head coach in 2024? Oh. I think that uh, I think he's got a decent shot. I think we all know that with Mark Davis watching how everything transpired with Rich Bisaccia, how he was able to propel the Raiders to the playoffs two years ago and still went in the direction of Josh McDaniels, a bigger name, a bigger splash, or what have you. So I think it just remains to be seen. I think, honestly, it's probably going to come down to a couple people declining on the job opportunity. and. Uh, Coach Pierce getting in more by default, just based on prior history, what we've seen with Mark Davis, rather than him being the number one front runner for the job, doesn't mean that he's not capable, because clearly we've uh, seen the job that he's done with the Raiders in his short time as the interim head coach. But just based on the track history that we've seen with Mark Davis, it just appears like he's going to be more open to, or just should I say, He's going to what's going to catch his eye is more of a bigger name, bigger splash. We just saw today that Jim Harbaugh, it seems like he's now going to entertain some NFL offers. So it's going to be some big names out there coming this offseason. Stan, let me ask you this. We're recording this podcast on Wednesday and Raiders star wide receiver Devonte Adams came out today, said he wants Pierce back as the Raiders head coach. He also said he feels the locker room wants this as well. How much does that influence owner Mark Davis's decision, do you think? Okay, well, I'll ask you this. Why did uh, Devontae Adams come to the Raiders in the first place? Well, he said he wanted to always play with the Raiders because he grew up a Raiders fan here in the Bay Area and also mm-hmm. wanted to play with uh, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr at the time. Who? Derek Carr. Is Derek Carr on IR right now or something? Because he's not the Raiders quarterback, is he? <laughs> no, so, he'll be playing uh, in the Big E's in New Orleans. So... So just with that being said, I think that Devontae Adams, <laughs> and worse, he's what, the third best receiver in the NFL? And yes. that's if you hate him. So we know that's why he came to the Raiders. And the Raiders had no problem benching Derek Carr for a Jared Stidham the final two games of the season last year. And obviously Mark Davis being the owner of the team, if that was something that he vehemently disagreed with, he could easily veto that move by Josh McDaniels, and yet he did not do that. So clearly we can see Josh, I'm sorry, for uh, for Mark Davis, the sentiments of his players is not something that he's going to allow to completely color his opinion or whatever decision he wants to make. That's why I asked you that simple question. Obviously, I know where Derek Carr is. I just want to go and illustrate my point that, yeah, we all know that Devontae Adams is a great receiver. He's already said that he wants Antonio Pierce back. There's no doubt about that. I just am not sure, based on what I know about Mark Davis, that he's going to allow that to sway whatever opinion or decision he has in his mind of the direction he wants to go. Yeah, you know, Stan, I agree with you. I think Mark Davis, to me, seems like he wants the big-time coach. 
because he's in the glitz and glamour uh, of yeah. Las Vegas. And you mentioned Jim Harbaugh. You keep hearing his name. He recently hired uh, Don Yee as his agent. His clients yep. include Raiders quarterback Jimmy G, Tom Brady, Broncos head coach Sean Payton. I don't know, Stan. Harbaugh reportedly has a 10-year, $125 million contract extension on the table from, from Michigan. But let me ask you this. I, I honestly think if the Raiders were still in Oakland because of the image thing, that Pierce would be the Raiders head coach next year moving yeah, forward. Yeah, because really he would fit that mantra. Yep. Yep. There's no doubt in my mind on that. I agree 100%. All right, let's get the promo read in here. And betonline.ag is your number one source for all your info, stats, news, and scores. Bet Online is always your sports information headquarters this season as we covered for all the sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, right to UFC and boxing. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options in your favorite casino and card games you play right from home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE. You receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Stan, to me, it's pretty clear the Raiders need uh, offense. Their offense needs to be overhauled at quarterback and, and offensive coordinator. I mean, they averaged nearly 15 points a game under McDaniels and nearly 19 a game with Pierce. Now, it is an improvement, but I simply I just don't think it's good enough. I don't think you do either. Um, but this is the hand the Raiders were dealt because of McDaniels and Ziegler's miserable failures. I mean, I know O'Connell's completing 62% of his passes. His TD to interception ratio is 29th in the league, but I think he simply struggles to manage the pocket and holds on to the ball too long. But with that being said, Stan, let's look at some choices now. Right now, the Raiders would currently pick 11th in the draft. Now, you hear there's maybe five quarterbacks that could be taken in the first round. We got USC's Caleb Williams, Oregon's Bo Nix, North Carolina's Drake May, LSU's Jaden Daniels, and Washington's Michael Penix. That's who Let's I stand. want. Okay, but okay. <laughs> He's got – does he have a cannon or Penix. what, man? He I want Penix. Flick that ball. I mean, yeah, I know. But, Stan, look at this, though. Here's the teams picking ahead of the Raiders who may need or more may take a quarterback. You got the Bears at number one. I don't know what they're going to do with Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. Commanders at number two. They need a quarterback, Stan. We know the Patriots at three need a quarterback. I don't know what the Giants are going to do at five, but I threw them anywhere in there anyways because Danny Dimes, who knows, and the Falcons at nine. So the Raiders might not even have a choice at 11 of a Michael Penix who you would like to see them take. So where does that kind of leave them? Do they need to go maybe potentially look at the stopgap route again? Uh, I just think that you could do the stopgap route. I just think that, uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier before the show uh, the possibility of some would say Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is right. not going to come cheap, regardless of whether he's traded, uh, cut, what have you. He's not going to come cheap, or at least I don't think he is. You could take the stopgap route, but you're picking at number, what is it, number 12, number 11, which one? Number 11 right now. Currently. You're picking at number 11. I don't see five quarterbacks going in the top 10. I just don't see that. Or do I see five going in the first round? No doubt about it. Top 10, five. That just seems a little bit high for me. And because of Penix with the, some would call it odd throwing motion, mm -hmm. because of the injury history that he had in Indiana, I feel like some one of these five guys is going to proverbially fall in the draft. And I feel like 
he would probably be the one who has who's the easiest to fall just because of the injury history and oh my god he's a lefty and blah 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 blah. so maybe this is just me just thinking with my heart and being a homer i hope that he falls i hope that he falls to number 11 i hope that people sit up and talk themselves out of the reason why he's easily the best quarterback in the draft or the one with the highest upside or just you know arguably the best whatever so um you could do the stopgap route i just i just feel like uh you should go ahead and try to go for one of these guys in the draft just because it seems like it's a good number of them you have a relatively high pick i don't see five going in the top 10 i think one is going to be able to fall to you and you say stopgap, who else would there be outside of a Russell Wilson? I'm not exactly high on it being a Russell Wilson just because Russell Wilson is an artist. Russell Wilson is a painter. He's not somebody that's always going to be making plays on schedule. He's somebody that likes to just go by the feel or the flow and just what he's feeling at that moment. That's why I said he's a jazz musician. He's an artist. He's not somebody who's like a Drew Brees or like a Bo Nix who's going to simply be on time. First read, second read, third read, boom, ball out. That's not Russell Wilson. I just don't know if I want to go with that. It's the stopgap type of guy. If you're going to go stopgap, you might as well just stick with Aiden O'Connell. Wow. Okay. Let me ask you this, Dan. You said you were high on uh, Washington's Michael Penix. Those five quarterbacks I just named, how would you rank them in terms if you were a GM, you had the first overall pick, how would you rank those five? Oh. How would I, you know, uh, DA is somebody that obviously was a relatively high draft pick years upon years ago. Um, one thing that you learn as being a college football player going to the NFL is you can't believe everything Mel Kiper says. You can't Absolutely. believe everything that uh, that Todd McShay, them, they, they're good at what they do, no doubt about it. But whenever it's a whenever it's a player in college and he's going to the NFL, unless it's like an Andrew Luck, unless it is like a uh, a Miles Garrett, unless it's like a Randy Moss, and even him, he fell in the draft because people had questions about him. It's always a crapshoot. Period. It's a crapshoot. You don't know what skill set is going to translate to the next level. You just don't know. Anybody that says that they do know, please, they're lying to you. They can project. And they can predict, but nobody fully, fully knows. They just simply don't because it's a crapshoot. So that's why I don't put much stock in highly touted college football players, but especially quarterbacks, because so much of it is based on where you go, the pieces mm -hmm. you have around you. Do you have a good defense? Do you have a good offensive play caller? Do you have an offensive-minded head coach versus a defensive-minded head coach? And I think so many of those guys are interchangeable from the standpoint of if they went there, maybe they would have had better success than if they went there. And none of that has to do with their raw ability, their ability to be able to throw the football 50, 60 yards, their accuracy, what have you. It just depends on the spot that they go. So going with look down the list of a lot of people go ahead and uh, they translate or they project him to a Pat Mahomes because he puts a lot of backyard football. True, get that. But that doesn't mean that's going to necessarily translate to the NFL. This guy was Andy Reid, one of the best offensive play callers in NFL history. So 
for Pat Mahomes in his backyard ball, it's the perfect match. It's like peanut butter and jelly matching with Andy Reid. You go to Drake May. Where do you go to school at? Oh, yeah, University of North Carolina. What conference are they in? Oh, yeah, the American Athletic Conference. The same conference that Florida State won, went undefeated, and got robbed because nobody thinks of the talent being that high in the ACC, correct? Correct. So now we go to we go to a Bo Nix. Some would say that he's a little bit undersized. Plays at Oregon. Had a great career. Went from Auburn to Oregon. Broke all kinds of records. I what what he did he did he break the uh, the single season completion percentage record? Because I know I he was right up there with yeah, yeah in, the, in the um in the Fiesta Bowl in uh, out there in Arizona. That I think that's why he left the game early because they were. That he uh that he got the record and stuck with it and kept it. But anyways, you can make your argument to say that he's a system guy. You go and now you take a look at uh you take a look at my man from Washington, Chris Penix. Okay, well, you know what? He dealt with a lot of injuries in Indiana in the NFL. If you don't have a great offensive line around you, you're gonna take a beating. Well, he's already injury prone. Is that something that's gonna translate? He's a lefty. We see that he throws a great ball. Can he read defenses? I don't know. I think he's a great quarterback. I want the Raiders to take him. So when you just go all the way down the list, and that's why I think everybody has a knock against them that could derail them from being an NFL star. That's how I choose to look at it from that standpoint. And I think that um, when you really go in totality, and then I think uh, who was the – who was? oh, yeah, and then we got my man Jaden Daniels from LSU. Came from Arizona State. Everybody didn't think anything of him. They were, they were happy to see him go. He goes to LSU, winds up winning the Heisman Trophy. Definitely well-deserved, but you look at him. Several of his games where he had the biggest number of stats was, what, Grambling, and it was somebody else. So you could say that he's padding his stats. I think that to rank them, I could easily go ahead and just write them off, but to me, they're all running the same race because they all have deficiencies. Nobody has simply propelled themselves as, okay, you know what? He is flat out better than everybody else. I can make an argument to say everybody has one attribute to put them above the other. So that's why when it comes to me and quarterbacks translating from the, from the college game to the NFL, so much of it is based on the organization you go to, the players that you have around you, the play caller, the head coach, the philosophy, the front office, so much. That's why it's something that is very difficult to do and actually seem like it's a valid ranking or a valid point. So uh, I, ho- I hope that answers your question. Uh, I-, I hope it does, dear. No, it does, because case in point is this year, you got Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. How different would their seasons have been if Stroud exactly. went to the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young went to the Houston Texans? I think that amplifies your point right there with those two quarterbacks um, here in 2023. Stan, let me ask you this, though. We said the Raiders pick at 11. If they want a shot, at one of these five quarterbacks, I know you said it's highlight. You don't feel like that many would go that high. Do you think you got to get to at least seven or eight in the draft just to make sure you get someone that you want? Because I don't. I think the Raiders would have to give up too much to get all the way to one, two, or three. But you got to get to maybe five, six, seven without mortgage in the future. Because let's face it, we do. The Raiders do have some pieces in place. But they don't, they don't have the long-term answer at quarterback right now. Absolutely. They don't have the long-term answer at quarterback. And I think that where they're going to go, if they go the route of quarterback, so much of that is going to be predicated on who they hire as the head coach. Because 
depending on whatever that, if it's a head coach that's a Sean Payton type, and we see why everything is not working in Denver. Sean Payton is used to being on schedule. One, two, three, ball out, boom. He's used to being in a rhythm. So you know what? Sean Payton is going to want a rhythmic type of guy. That's going to be somebody that's more like Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. Simply because we look at Ken's backyard ball, he's not on schedule or anything like that. Maybe more of a Drake May. So that question is something that probably cannot be answered until you figure out who your head coach is going to be. Now, if it's an Antonio Pierce, I think Antonio Pierce, he's more of a defensive type of minded guy, former linebacker. He's probably going to want somebody who's a little bit safer with the ball. I think he probably would be a little bit shot, would be a little bit weirded out by Caleb Williams because Caleb Williams, backyard ball, it's too erratic. Defensive minded guys, they want somebody who's going to take care of the ball, who's going to be sound. I don't care if you're out there making 350 yard games and stuff like that. I just want you to be sound, manage the game, don't turn the ball over, don't put the defense in bad position. So, to your point, to your question, I think that we won't be able to effectively have a definitive answer on that until we see who the head coach is going to be, the offensive coordinator, obviously, uh, things like that, because that will lead you to the philosophy that this team is going to take within the draft if they go the quarterback route and what direction of a quarterback that they're going to be looking for. All right, just FYI, if the Raiders get to the point where they do have to kick the tires on Russell Wilson, he is 35 years old. He has played better this year with 26 touchdown passes, just eight interceptions. Um, Stan, wow, this is staggering numbers. He would, If the Broncos do indeed cut him before March, they're looking at a $85 million cap charge plus $39 million in guaranteed money for 2024. I mean, that's those are just some staggering numbers. So let's go ahead and move on now to our last topic. And Stan, I thought this was an interesting one. Watching the uh, Cowboys and Lions on Saturday night, I was texting with the, my friend Bill, and he thought that because there are so many good wide receivers in the NFL and there's so many coming up in college, that perhaps we, he could see where the wide receiver position becomes devalued much like the running back position. And I kind of argued, I said, I don't think so because it's still a passing league. You still need some depth there. You still need four or five good wideouts. Stan, how do you see the future of the NFL wide receiver position going? I don't know if I go, I, I, I can't go as far as to say that it would be of the running, it would be like the running back going by the way of the dodo bird. I can't say that. <laughs> I just know this, in the game of football today, there's four positions that, are always that are going to be at the hot at the heat of the uh the heap of the mountain. And that's the guy that passes the ball. Mm-hmm. That's the guy who catches the ball. <laughs> that's the guy who protects the guy who throws the ball so he can put it to the guy who catches the ball. The defensive side, the guy who can now pressure the guy who throws the ball. And then the guy who can cover the guy who receives the ball, the receiver. So quarterback, receiver, left tackle. Edge rusher, corner slash defensive back. Um, the way these contracts are going, yes, I get it. You see the the uh, uh the the uh what's it called the the Puka Nakua. I want to make sure I get his oh, name. From the Rams. Yeah, I'm not quite um, sure how you pronounce it, but I know you're speaking. Yeah, yeah, you know, you you see you see guys coming into this league that aren't high draft picks. Obviously, we see Jordan Addison doing a pretty good job for the Vikings. You see Zay Flowers doing a good job for the Baltimore Ravens. You see uh, Jackson and Juba doing a pretty good job for the Seattle Seahawks. And then obviously Quinn Johnston out of TCU. He's struggled a little bit uh, his first year with the with the uh, the Chargers, but 
I think he's going to be a good one as well. Those are the first round receivers. And when you go and you look, huh, Puka Nakua is is easily lapping them when it comes to production. And he's what fifth round pick out of BYU, mm-hmm. Tank Dell, University of Houston, former Coug was doing his thing for the Houston Texans before he got hurt. So you have a plethora of receivers that are now coming into this league and that are playing well early. A lot of that has to do with the maturation process of these young quarterbacks. A lot of it has to do with the innovative play calling that you're now seeing within these coaches because gone are the days where you have to be 6'3", 215, big, strong, like a Larry Fitzgerald or an Andre Johnson or an A.J. Green or, dare I say, a Calvin Johnson to come into this league and play well. Now, there's so much of the spread open, or the spread offense. There's so much of the college game that is matriculated up to the NFL game. You don't need to be the prototypical, physically gifted receiver to have high production numbers anymore. Now, it's so much based on play calling. If the, if the right offense coordinator can develop the right offensive scheme, it does not matter about your skill set. You'll still be able to produce at the same level as the big, strong A.J. Greens of the world. I'm sorry, the A.J. AJ Browns of the world or the D.K. Metcalfs, people like that. So I don't think you're going to see it all of a sudden be devalued because of the plethora of, of, of people producing at that high level. I don't think that. I just think you're going to see the contracts get higher and higher because these quarterbacks, they need somebody to throw to. And to your point, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Tell yep. me they don't understand the value of a good receiver right now. I think they would take Tyreek Hill back in a heartbeat. <laughs> yes. I second that so much. <laughs> All right, partner, let's wrap things up. we got the final game of the season. It's at home against the Denver Broncos. Ironically, Jared Stidham, the former Raider, will I know. be the starting quarterback <laughs> Talk the about irony. Broncos. I know, after, as we mentioned, Russell Wilson was benched. Obviously, just a quick reminder, Derek Carr was benched for the final two games of the Raiders' 2022 season, and Jared Stidham was the starter. So, Stan, how do you see the Raiders wrapping up the season? Do you think they get the W at home against the yeah, Broncos? Yeah, I think they get I- I think they get the W. Obviously, this team is going to make sure that they play hard for Antonio Pierce. They want to try to make sure that they put every best foot forward to try to help Antonio Pierce's cause because, like you already said, everybody's behind him. They want to run through a brick wall for him. And then for Denver, uh, you know, obviously Jared Stidham, we all remember how he did last year against the San Francisco 49ers in that game that they wound up eventually losing, but he played very, very well. So we know Jared Stidham, he definitely has ability. But I just think that this whole Russell Wilson saga, I just feel like it's put so much of a damper on the Denver Broncos team. I really wonder exactly how was that affecting the locker room? Because obviously we see with Russell Wilson, he had to deal with all of this for about two months. Now, I assume he probably didn't tell many people. Obviously, maybe told his wife, Sierra. But I don't think he really told many people on the team or within the organization. He probably kept that to himself. So now that everything has been publicized, if you're a Denver Broncos defensive player, you have to be now wondering, man, y'all ain't trying to win. Y'all ain't trying to. We weren't trying to go to the playoffs all this time because you're putting our quarterback through all of this. So I have to wonder if now as a player on that team, they haven't already mailed it in. The Denver Broncos clearly aren't going to the playoffs. And I can tell you from personal experience, when you're on a team and you know you're not going to the playoffs and you essentially have nothing to play for, going into that final game of the season, 
you want to obviously make it look good. But winning is not something that's high on your priority list. Obviously, you want to make sure that you leave that game healthy because now, especially if you're if, if it's your contract year, you do not want to go into the offseason of your contract year where you want to go and get paid, get a big-time free agent deal. You don't want to go into that offseason hurt. You don't want to go into that offseason with a torn ACL, a separated shoulder, things like that. So those guys are going to be having a different objective come Sunday versus let's just go out here and win one for Sean Payton. That's why I picked the Las Vegas Raiders to come out victorious in this game. Yeah, I am good. I'm with you, Stan. I think the Raiders uh, do earn their eighth victory of the season over Denver. I think he's somewhere. I'm thinking 20 to 14, maybe the 20 to 17, and hopefully that'll jumpstart a good offseason uh, into 2024 uh, for the Raiders. And we'll see how it all plays out on Sunday for the final time here in the 2023 season. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. For my partner, Stanford Routes, I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. And may all your punts find the coffin corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.